this or the um, the uh, power that we have over understanding a certain condition and knowing that it is so. We want our psychology really wants that. Did you do that before? What? Just noise. No. I don't hear the noise. Oh, you don't. Okay. It's grinding. <laughs> grinding. So it moves. Though. Makes this noise. Yeah, I think so. That, um, you know, we really want it to stay stuck in a position, and every time it expands, we begin to lose faith in positions. We begin to lose our commitment to having to have a position or something solid. And that what happens is, is, is that uh, the experience of unsolidness or the experience of fluidness this experience of things not really being um, fixed or um, mechanical in a certain way that, or predictable or controllable. When, when we're starting to lose our faith in things being predictable and controllable. And, and the shift is from being living in the context of, a, of being in a position to beginning to lose faith in positions and live, starting to live in the context of uh, a process more than a position. We're starting to become more involved with a flow than in a um, foundation. And so do you understand what I mean? So it's like there's this shift that's starting to happen where we lose faith in things that are fixed and solid, and we begin to become more familiar with an expansive, flowing, alive, unfixed uh, context. When that happens, there's a sudden realization of how big nothing is. There's a sudden understanding that nothingness is really present and really huge, and perhaps all that's really there. So when we, when the foundation is is shatters or disintegrates from underneath us in our position, our belief system, or our mental um, reality structure, or what, you know, when that starts to expand and shift, as it will if we're doing this work, then, then between the cracks, or while it's expanding, we start to get glimpses of, of this, of nothing, of this thing called nothing. And when um, there are times when that experience of nothing gets so intense that um, looking back at the things that are something, they look insignificant. So um, what becomes really and true and present is this thing called nothing or nothingness. And, what, and then everything that we think of as real or true or solid all becomes... In, like dust or like uh, a video that you turn off you know the video's going on there's this story and it's a big drama and it's exciting and there's action and there's characters and people and love and hate and bad guys and good guys and there's all this stuff going on and then somebody pulls the plug out and the whole picture goes mm. like this and you're just sitting there afterwards thinking well what was that you know that was just all an illusion, but I, but it looked so real. I was involved. It was I was sweating, you know, or the hair was standing up in the back of my neck, or I was going, yeah, 
or I was just scared or whatever. And we were involved in this whole thing that was really turns out to be nothing. Hi. Um, have you talked to Brenda? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that now. So we'll, we'll arrange it so you can do that at a, another time, but probably not this weekend. Okay? But we'll, we'll talk about it some more, okay? Good. So, the, um, the shift from something to nothing is such a radical shift that the um, that if in the if we have in the background our relationship to the world that we're really involved in another drama that's bigger than all dramas, or it's the drama of nothing, or it's participation in the um, act of creation and destruction, which is the spiritual work. So the, the what we're, who we really are is who. You know, you ask me who I am. Well, I am, I am for the victory of the guru. That's my life. My life is I want. I'm involved in the vast, epic story and panoramic legend of the, of the um, battle between, the you know, the the light side of the force and the dark side of the force. And I want the light side of the force to win. Or it's it's like I want. It's a it's it. It's even though there is nothing, you know, and even though we have experiences of that, if, if we still have this context of being involved in um, in uh, the spiritual path, then that's a context that nothingness fits into. It's a it it you know, if a person sometimes people will experience the nothingness of everything and they'll just say well why live or you know what's the point of anything and they you know commit suicide you know by drinking alcohol or overeating or you know having accidents or who knows I mean people it's just a common thing if people if the psychology gets a glimpse of how big nothing is it just sort of goes away unless it has a larger context to fit in so the 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 you know, I think that one of the reasons why we're involved in in acknowledging the lineage that we're in and um, being committed to the victory of the of the huge commitment, which the spiritual path is, that is a context that's almost bigger than nothing. You know, it can hold. Uh, it makes sense of um, in a certain kind of way. It makes sense of. The, the entire domain of spiritual life and spiritual experience from the very beginning through all of the ups and downs and all of the successes and failures and all of the experiences of that and it puts it into a um, uh, like an understandable or puts it into a glorious um, life endeavor so when we when we when we repeat the name of the of the lineage that we're in, and acknowledge the space holders for that lineage, and with praise and honor, and then say KJ at the end and say that we really want them to win. We want the lineage to win. It puts us, our body and our mind and our heart and our soul and our everything. It puts us all into. Uh, 
um, a context that uh, makes sense of everything. So. Yeah, so thanks. Yes. Just a detailed question about the, the arrangement of the meditation hall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can see uh, Yogi, the statue of Yogi, yes. is on the left side. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's not a hazard. It's not a, a hazard. I'm hazard. sorry. Hazard? But I don't know why. Uh, it's uh, with intention, I mean. Mm -hmm. Oh, an accident. Um, not necessarily. It's it's it is an accident. It is an accident. Yeah. Uh, I think that <laughs> because I saw that it's the same disposition in the farm in the barn. Yes, same in the barn. It's actually the mm. same as in Arizona. Mm. But in Arizona, there's a doorway. If Lee is sitting in the front, there's a doorway on his left. So. so so the artifacts are over here in more of a, a sacred place that's not used for going in and out of the room. And um, in the darshan hall over here, our little darshan hall, there's more women than men usually in the hall. And so we put the bigger object, you know, the, it's actually off-centered, so there's more space for the women to sit on the left side. And in the hall in here, the big hall that we use in the barn, it's, it's um, really, I, you know, we set it up that way because it's, I guess because Lee is accustomed to having the artifact over there on his right, as in Arizona. Because in Arizona we have a large tonka, and a tonka is a, a it's a hand-painted murti, really, it's a hand-painted artifact. And that, that we have a large tonka that Lee received from Arnaud Desjardins uh, in, and it's in a large wooden oak wooden frame with glass in front and it's up on a little stand so it's, the whole thing is about almost two and a half meters tall it's more than two meters tall I think and that's the biggest artifact in the Darshan Hall in America and, and then between the um, tonka and Lee's chair is a, a, another stand with a Vigraha statue on it, but both of those are to his right. So there's there isn't, as far as I know, a particular significance to um, the fact that it's on that side. You know, there was there was a Vigra, a uh, Murti that was out that had a um, a photograph of. Yogi Ramstrak Kumar and Lee Lasberg sitting next to each other in the Shiva temple in Truvanamalai. And all you see is a big stone wall and a little stone seat and these two men sitting next to each other. And uh, Yogi Ramstrak Kumar is uh, holding Lee's hand. And what happened on this murti was that some of the murtis got printed backwards. So that what it looked like was that Yogi Ram Kumar's left hand was holding Lee Lazowicz's right hand. And that's never how Yogi Ram Kumar holds Lee's hands. Because in India, 
there's a big difference between your right hand and your left hand. You use your right hand to eat, and you use your left hand to wash your asshole after you take a shit. So the, um, there's a, a real uh, different relationship to the two hands, where they will receive things with their right hand, like prasad. You never like receive prasad with your left hand. You always accept things with your right hand, because your right hand is your clean hand, your eating hand, and you carry things with your left hand. I mean, it's like a, they, they learn that in their body from when they're babies. They, they start to pick up this habit. So Westerners often make mistakes over there of, you know, patting people with your left hand. You know, you might walk up and touch somebody, and, you know, you're touching them with your left hand, and they go, like, you know, why are you wiping your dirty hand on me? You know, but if you touch them with your right hand, it's a completely different thing. So, uh, so in this photograph, that when it was reversed, it showed Yogi Ram Kumar holding Lee's hand with, with Yogi Ram Kumar's left hand, and he almost never does that. He's always sitting the other way around, where, um, where Yogi Ram Kumar is sitting so that his right hand is holding Lee's left hand. And that's the way Yogi Ram Kumar does it. So this Murti, Murti that went out with, uh, with a reverse, with the photograph reverse, did not have the essence that was really needed. To, to, you know, it's a great Murti, but it didn't capture it because of the right and left thing. So that, that was a situation where the right and left was uh, important and crucial. But in the Darshan Hall, it's not, um, it's not set up that way. It's more just a it called feng shui you know that uh, it's just the feel of it the, the Chinese have a word for finding the feeling of spaces or, or uh, environments and the relationship between rooms and functions of rooms and things within rooms and in houses and the positions of houses and locations of houses and it's all an energetic feel and so that's really why there's no logical reason or tradition of having it on that side. Susanna, did you have a question a long time ago when we first started? What was that? It was that I <coughs> read in the study manual, and I don't have it really exactly, maybe anymore, um, about not so long time ago I heard something that Lee says, you know, to come to Lee you have to go through Lee, or to come to the Guru you have to go through Lee, and um, I wondered what that means, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I had lots of thoughts and, and I read in the study manual that people often are even embarrassed by by the manifestations of Lee, like when he chuckles or when he goes barefoot or if he just uses the clothes he uses. And but what actually is um, required and what does bring closer to his influence, that's how I understood it, would be that we should celebrate with the Guru his manifestations. 
This was in the study manual? Uh-huh. Um, I think it's session 17. It was about the crazy wisdom of the teacher. Yeah. yeah. You know, and since I read this, this question is um, going into what does it mean? You know, celebrate it. Because I even can't tell if when he does something, does he do that to... Mm -hmm. Because he, he sees I can't work. I wouldn't work on this piece, so he just gives me what I want, but not what would challenge me. Or is that some? Is that the real, the real thing, you know, and not just some kind of bandage for me? So there's a, you know, once once we're in relationship with a teacher, then the, the teacher has um, taken on a responsibility in our work that is bigger than we know. And like Lee says, if, you know, if he had the choice, he wouldn't be doing this job. So because it's it's just a pain in the ass to have to take on that kind of a responsibility for um, in the in the work of somebody else it's just a because most of us I would go so far as to say all of us are really unreliable in certain ways completely unreliable just completely neurotic and and deceptive and counterproductive, you know, committed to things that are exactly the opposite of what we say we're committed to. And we're really involved in these, we have these huge underworlds and these huge gremlins and these huge uh, activities that we're involved in and committed to that have nothing to do with promoting our successes on the spiritual path. And when, when Lee takes us as a student, he, he can see that the whole package. Whereas we think, well, we are fine, upstanding, strong, brilliant, wonderful students, and of course, any teacher would get on their knees in front of us and, you know, beg to have us be their student because we are such incredible people. We have so much value and so much. Our opinions are so perfect, and we have, you know, our tastes are incredible, and we have so much experience and wealth of knowledge and wisdom and insight and and love. You know that the teacher would, any teacher would, you know really want to have us as be their students and the truth is that um, you know if the teacher really had a choice or anyway Lee said that he had a choice he wouldn't do it he'd say forget about this I, you know he'd go live by himself in a nice ranch in Arizona and just read and do some you know private work so this question of trying to figure out what a teacher is doing with us or trying to figure out what he means when he does something or trying to figure out um, the importance of an action or a non-action or a, like, why did he do this or what, what does he really mean by doing this is a 
is a, you know, it's really tempting to do that. It's really tempting to, um, um, for the mind to, to, to look at any uh, incident or non-incident. So that's like everything. So anything that has to do with the guru or our teacher, we, um, we can look at any part of what they do or what they don't do, what they say or what they don't say, or, what, or how, they, how they show up or how they don't show up. Any quality or aspect of anything that the guru does, either in relationship with us or in relationship with somebody else, the mind can look at that and can start fooling around with it. can try to figure it out, try to put meaning to it, try to interpret it, try to understand it, try to um, weigh it out, try to make decisions based on that, try to analyze it and um, um, you know, use it as a, some kind of teaching you know, for us to get or not get. And if we get it, then we can praise ourselves. And if we don't get it, then we can beat ourselves up and, and um, continue, continue to do all the things that the mind and that the ego and that the psychology thrive on and love to do with all of those, all of those kinds of things. And it, those kinds of things don't necessarily produce um, any value for us. They, they may not, those things may not produce any value for us. Those kinds of activities might just be a complete waste of time and energy, completely and totally. The, um, you know, and that's a pretty radical question. It's like, well, is it completely and totally a waste of time, or isn't it? I mean, or is there some value in trying to analyze and figure out and put meaning on and weigh it out? Mm -hmm. Now, this, this waste of time, so I have from, I think, from 100% of having um, encounters with him, I'm having 99.99999% failures of, of celebrating this because I can feel um, when I do the wrong thing he just he just stops he stops being interested he stops being open he just turns around and goes away and that's why I came up so you know, I see sometimes I see that there's a possibility, but I'm always I'm always doing the same mistake. What mistake is that? Or what is mostly the I talk out out of the discomfort, and then I'm just saying a totally complete stupid thing, and I can see um, that this stupid thing it com I mean it is as if I put a black screen in front of him, mm -hmm. and um, he just stops radiating completely, you know. He's, he's open when the approach begins, and then all of a sudden he sees there's, there's not something coming back from me. So he just doesn't waste his energy, and then he just stops being somehow, I don't know. So there's some assumptions in 
what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like what I hear you saying, and I could be wrong, but what I hear you saying is some conclusions that you've made, or some uh, what you you're calling them observations, but but you're and you're saying you're calling it your experience, but I, I, what I hear you saying is some conclusions. The conclusions are well, this is what happens. This every time this happens, then this happens. Or, or if this happens, then that happens in relationship to Lee. That's what it sounds like that you're saying. Mm-hmm. And um, the end result, what you're saying is that there that he stops radiating, or he goes away, or I, there's also part of what you're saying. I hear a lot of he's in it. And it sounds like what you have is some conclusions about him. I think what he, what I see in him is, is just the way what I am then in this moment. You know, the first time that happened to me, um, he was at the book table and I went there and he smiled at me and then I told him what I had to say and he completely he dropped I mean as if he would drop dead you know he was he was just a grey figure again what do you mean a grey figure again? it's not that he was the grey figure but that as if, you know, with a black screen, mm-hmm. you know, I put this black screen and then I couldn't see him anymore mm-hmm. because I went the way in the wrong tunnel somehow. I went in the wrong direction. Well, let's assume you went in the right tunnel. Let's assume that it wasn't wrong, that that was exactly what you wanted. But there was a part of you that wanted to put the screen up and that it succeeded. So let's say that that was appropriate, you know, that was what you actually wanted to do, was kill him, or put the screen up, or turn his switch off, or cut out the possibility of experience radiance, experiencing radiance. Let's assume that that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm mostly going 100% for. You know, like in this movie yesterday, there was this evil, this evil is only going for killing life. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing most of the time. And when I don't do it, I don't even know it. That, mm-hmm. I'm, that I'm not going for it. But mm-hmm. for me, it's the wrong way. Well, it's not. Let's, let's say it's not the wrong way. Because when you say something's the wrong way, or you say something's the right way, mm-hmm. then you're in a domain of right and wrong, and good and bad, and that doesn't give you access to the truth. It doesn't give you access to any possibility then. Because if who you are is wrong or bad, or then then you're already stuck. You're already, that's, that's all, the judgment is part of the game. Like that's the value for you then. Like when we, when we do something and then we look at ourselves and go, well that was stupid, or that was wrong, or that was bad, or that's not what I really want to do and I did it anyway. Like, when we get into that judgment, the judgment is the payoff. That's the whole reason we do the thing in the first place, is so that we can then say we're bad or wrong or stupid. That I mean, we think that 
we really wanted something else. But what we really wanted was to be able to call ourselves bad. That's what we really wanted. Because that's what we were familiar with in our childhood. That's what is normal for us. And we've brought that normal thing in our, that we brought that thing from our childhood that, that, that was, somebody said you're wrong, you're bad, you know, you're not appropriate, whatever. Or, or we were trying to be right, you know, it's, a lot of times it's the exact opposite. Somebody said you are right, you're good, you're wonderful. And we, what we do is we put that inside of our mind then. We put it from the outside to the inside, and then what we do is we say that's normal, and then we spend the rest of our lives trying to make that stay that way. So what we are, we, come, we become very incredibly effective interpreting machines so that we can create environments around ourselves that, that produce the same internal experience that we had when we were a child because that's what we decided is normal. And if it's normal for us, then, then we can survive. So I could be wrong, but just a wild guess is that you know, the payoff for you, you know, could be being able to say that you're bad. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the, that's, that's the whole reason. That's the whole reason. So then you can feel bad, or like a failure, or um, like a, you can judge yourself as being a killer, or a black cloud maker, or a, and you can, so that when you just did that with your lips, what were you blocking? That. The smile. Yeah. 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 Why? Because. Um, What's the smile about? I think the smile is about um, that. That I like being this. What you just called me. Which is what. The killer in the black cloud. Mm -hmm. and, you know. I know. I know that I really like be this. Mm -hmm. Because. I don't know, it gives me satisfaction, you know, I'm the one who has the power then. Um, and I can get rid of all my anger and whatever. And I, and I don't have to be, you know, being another way, be, seeing people being another way makes for me the conclusion that I'm totally stupid because I don't understand them. I'm in control. I mean, that's just the whole psychological thing. Right? So, that's the opposite of the story that you started this conversation with. Yeah. Yeah, but I still have the, um, the conclusion that this is being the wrong way. Because it obviously doesn't work. No, it works perfectly. Yeah, but it only works for the purpose of liking, liking it. It doesn't work for the purpose of being in a relationship with people. And well, who said you wanted to be in a relationship with people? I don't say that I want, but I, um, but I have, I have experienced enough that it's also very uncomfortable not being in a relationship. No, you are in a relationship. You just get to dominate and control and abuse and belittle and make them yeah, wrong. Yeah, okay, then it's, I mean, 
you know, somebody told me, if you're totally pissed off at somebody else, then you are still in a relationship. Yeah. But, you know, it's a kind of relationship that doesn't work. It works perfectly fine. You get your payoff. But pay it's off. not pro productive. It is productive. It's very productive. You get to win. You know, we get to win when we're that way. We get to be right. They get to be wrong. We get to be exclusive and superior, and they get to be little and insignificant, and we get to dominate and control and manipulate, and they get to be victims. And yeah, I mean, it works in that purpose. Mm -hmm. But when I want to have other, another purpose, I have to do something different. Great. So what you do is you're starting to use this word purpose, and purpose is everything. Purpose pre prevails. Purpose and precedes. It, it, it supersedes everything else. It's underneath. Mm. Purpose. Under, is it an undercurrent? Yeah, but it's way bigger. It's it's a it's a morphogenic field. P purpose is a shape-making field. You know what I mean by field? It's an energetic. It's the guiding thing. It's like the magnetic magnetic field. It's like what nothing changes until you change purpose. Purpose is the core. Peace. If you can, if you, if you see what your purpose is, then, um, then, if you can work with your purpose, then you can change things. And the way to find out what your purpose is is you look at your results. Yeah. Because the results, the results no. Are always the same. No, I'm the results. Always, no, the results serve the purpose. Yeah. So, so. the purpose is. I'm not wanted, and the good things are not for me. So I do everything that the that it equals these two things. So that this is the result. Yeah, if you but look I at your results, that will tell you what your purpose is. If you want to be on time, whatever, with setting the table, and you're five minutes late setting the table, then yeah, that was... Then your real purpose is being five minutes late setting a table, not being on time. So you were more committed. Whatever you produce is what you're truly committed to. You know, if you if you think, okay, I'm committed to sitting in the morning, and you don't sit in the morning, then that's what you're really committed to. You know, if if you're committed to, you know, whatever like that. So you look at the results because the results indicate the purpose. Conversation. Every like I mean conversation in a bigger sense. It's like a, our physical manifestation. Everything that we do, everything that we don't do, everything that shows up or everything that doesn't show up. Thank you. Everything that um, Everything that we uh, think and don't think, every place we put our attention and don't put our attention, that's like this, this conversation that we're creating, or this legend that we're creating, or it's this field around us that, that we're creating. And all of that serves a purpose. So conversation is just a manifestation of purpose. So every gesture we make, or every tone of voice that we use, or every, every um, Thing we forget to do, or everything that we could do and don't do, like all the possibilities that we don't ex that we don't choose. Like when we choose one possibility, we're at the same time excluding a billion other possibilities. So 
we pick one out of a billion and we kill the billion, you know, and we have this one. But every choice we make along those lines, conscious or not, if, even if it's, you know, unconscious purposes, unconscious choices serve a purpose. And it's just a, everything we are is a manifestation of a purpose. So that's what feedback is about, is usually we don't see what our results are. We don't see what's happening out there as an effect of what we do. But when we start to get feedback about it, then we start to have to look at what the results that we're creating are. And then we have to look at our purpose. And that's what that's about. Is the intention is the, the, feed, the intention of feedback is for us to look at the purpose. And um, only by looking at the purpose, regardless of whether it's in the upper world or the middle world or the underworld, only by looking at the true purpose can we really start there. Like, can we get? We have to get to where purpose comes from. So, like, where, you know, what is the real purpose of your of your purpose? Where, what's the source of your purpose? If your purpose is to go up to, you know, the the possibility of transformation and to turn it off. Do you understand? If your purpose is to go up to Lee and put a black screen between you and him and to have him uh, be disgusted with you or just give up in your presence. Like, if, if, you're, if you're presenting him with such a complex psychology that is so intertwined and involved that, he, that it's like a tar baby, which is like a large lump of tar. You know what tar is? It's black petrochemical goo. Hmm? Tar and salad? Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if that's what you're presenting to the masters, oh, hug me, you know, love me touch me and, and who you are is this 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 black uh, goo, this black hole, this complex intertwined sucking uh, paradox puzzle that, that you know if that's what we present to him, he's just gonna go like mm, you know like no thanks. <laughs> like okay, keep going, keep going, you know have a, you know do whatever you want to do but there's no way that we're in alignment with with his work with us. So all the figuring out, all of the all the psychologizing, all the all of the you know ahas and failures and judgments, and that's all just part of the psychological uh, mishmash that we create for ourselves. And it, it has nothing to do with what's what's really going on. It's really that's our success. That result is what we're really committed to. That result of the black, you know, I don't mean to keep using black, so let's call it green or whatever color our slime is, you know, uh, just the, the confusion or the, um, to use your words, the screen or the I'm bad or that's not what I really want to create, all of that is just this kind of knot or gnarl that, um, you know, the only, you know, the real possibility for that is burning, you know, what's you're, are you going to ever figure that out? Can you ever figure that out? Let's say you get this piece figured out. How long is this piece going to stay figured out before another piece goes like this to it? You understand? Mm -hmm. oh, I got it. Okay, I had a support group today. I got some clarity about this one action that I do. Great. <laughs> you know, gone. Five seconds, 15 seconds. Maybe 15 seconds. Let's give us the benefit of the doubt. We get 15 seconds of glory. Of clarity before our mind, you know, sucks into some other drama or some other reason or some other um, judgment. So, 
So what, what are you going to do with this live, snarling, massive, you know, we're all stuck with this. We all have this going on. And it's subtle, man. This stuff is subtle. I mean, it, you hack away at this thing and peel off, you know, 15 layers, and then you finally get to, to you know, the real core, how big the mess is. You know, the stuff on the surface was just the nice part. You know, then you get down into the real, the real part, you know, the really... The, the involved, subtle, quick, fast, um, you know, it's like, what are you going to do with that? You know, the only thing we can do with that is sit on the pillow every morning at 7 o'clock. That's all we do. You know, we, you know, do our stretches and our exercise. That's what we do. We do, you know, our half hour of study, you know, and then we, you know, we eat on the diet, you know, and that's what we do with it. That's what we do with it. And that is enough of a, that will produce enough of a heat to burn that stuff. Because, you know, tar burns really well after a certain temperature. If you have some oxygen and a certain temperature, man, tar, you get it going and it'll burn. Smoke, man, does it smoke when tar burns? It makes all this smoke and all spatters and blah and burning. But it's like, what else? You're going to try to figure this out, you know? Forget it, just drop it in the fire. But when you drop it in the fire, you don't get to figure it out. So that means when you're around the teacher, and the teacher's doing all this stuff, you don't, you know, if you try to figure it out, that's this mess. That's this mess in action. You know, the psychology in action is trying to figure it out. Like you were talking about, do you remember that? You started talking about trying to figure it out. Well, if he does this and doesn't do that, you know, then he goes away, and then I've done this, and remember that? That's how you started? Yeah, so that's just this thing. That's just the knot itself. That's the knot in action. <laughs> I figured it out. He goes away. Oh, like that. So the, the situation that you're talking about is the situation that we're all in. We're all in that situation of, of having a... Um, a uh, survival mechanism or survival strategy functioning uh, at, a, at a high level in our life and knowing nothing other than that. You know, all we know of ourselves to be is this survival mechanism at work and it's successful. There, there is nothing in the genetic structure of your life that would um, necessitate us to figure out anything about the psychology. Nothing. We will, we will make enough money, we will, we will have enough food, we will stay warm enough, we will reproduce, we will, um, you know, we will live a life that's good enough for the genetics, for our body, you know, for our genetics. We will succeed simply how we are. There's no reason for us to mess with that. The only function of psychology is survival and you know reproduction or procreation. We're we're all simply being used by evolution to um, you know relate with each other and progress and do this and do this. Um, To evolve, we're all being we're all being used by evolution for the purposes of evolving. So, 
when we, you know, for us to try to look at this gnarly mass of psychology and say, okay, I want some other possibility than this, that's not a reasonable thing to do. That doesn't, that doesn't, it's not part of our genetic makeup to do that. It's a accident or it's a, out of the question. I mean, it's, do you understand what I'm saying? It's not normal. There's no well, reason for us you, to... You say to me that actually purposefully we can't go in the direction that leaves psychology behind because we're just not built like this. Yeah, there's no reason to do that. So spiritual work is not a reasonable thing to do. You would be perfectly fine living in the world just doing what everybody else does. I mean, that's perfectly fine. There's no reason to do anything other than that. So that's what we're designed for. So to, to engage this whole thing is pretty ridiculous kind of thing to do. You know, Lee keeps saying, if you can do anything besides this, go do it. If, you, if there's anything in the world that you can do besides this kind of work, go do it. Don't do this if you don't absolutely have to. Don't don't even like because there's so much motivation and so much purpose for other things forget about it you know but make a clean decision don't don't be involved in this if you don't have to be and if you have to be then then get involved in it and if you have to be then then it's going to take some you know radical big shifts that will happen and you can't figure it out so if you're going to work with a teacher then you have to put yourself into a relationship with the teacher where you're not trying to figure the teacher out. You go in and say, okay, we signed the contract, do your work. And and my part of the doing the work is, you know, it's called um, obeying, it's called, um, you know, whatever, faith and uh, obedience and that's about it. You know, that's your part. It's like, you know, you go to the doctor or you go to the car mechanic and the 